I want you to picture for a second. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And Jacob in his old age, he leaned on his uh, staff and just worshiped God. So I want you to just take a minute right now. And I just want you to close your eyes and just lean on that staff of yours that God has given you and worship him for a second. We worship you, Holy One. We worship you, Father of all things. We worship you, our creator, our maker, our good God who loves us and gives us rest and peace. We worship you for your goodness. We worship you in our trials. We worship you in all things. So we love you. Amen. That is one of my favorite scriptures. I remember when I first read that thing, it just struck me so hard that there he is in his old age, uh, worshiping God at the end of his life. That's what he did. And that's what we want to do. We want to start off strong and finish strong. We want to come short. We want to complete the race that God called us to be in. We want to become all he's called us to become. As a matter of fact, that's what we're uh, speaking about now, today, about how do we get there? How do we get there? Uh, we want to live our life for Christ. And last week I spoke about this, and if you haven't, if you weren't here, even if you were here, I'd ask it at breakpointbridge.com under podcast. Go listen to it. It really is a good word. And it's on this subject, and I'll be working on the subject for a while because it's got to be a subject that comes in our life. And it's a subject It's what's stopping us. What is keeping us from becoming everything God called us to be? What is in the way? What stops it? You know, we have a lot of different scriptures and we read them, but it doesn't seem to come into our lives. We seem, you know, as Paul says, you know, I do what I don't want to do. He speaks about that in, uh, I think it's Romans 7, 9. Is Sebastian around? No. Okie doke. Um, so how do we break this pattern of sin? And that's what we're going to talk about. Romans 7, 18. I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do not want to do, the good, I do. No, it's the evil. I do what I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I that do it, but it's the sin living within me. Sin lives within us. When we get a minute, I'm going to have Sebastian put that chart up on, on there. What do you remember about that circle chart? What was in the center? God, yeah, but that was, it was the three parts of man. What's in the center? Spirit, right. And then the next band out was the soul. And the third band out, I'm ringing a lot there. Can you see if you can get that ringing now? And the final one is the body. And that's what we're made up of, uh, spirit, soul, and body. And we spoke that, that originally God lived within us. And when the fall came, God no longer lived within us. He was separated from us because he can't live a sin. And we saw something else take place at that time. What we saw 
was rather than man living from the inside out with the Spirit of God out, man began to living from the outside in. What I mean by that is in the fall it says man's eyes were open. It says their eyes were open and they could uh, and they could see their sin. And that actual word, if you look down uh, the eyes open, the actual a Greek word, a Hebrew word, actually used for that there was the idea of a fountain. So not only just the eyes, the idea is a fountain. All of a sudden, a new fountain was opened up. A new inlet was opened up. And what happened is what man saw became what was in their heart. See, there's a fight that goes on for you, and that's for your soul of man. You know, we've watched a lot of different movies, and some of the movies will talk about somebody selling their soul to the devil for something. And that is true. But there's a battle that goes on for your soul, the occupation of your soul. The soul is where, if you are a Christian and you have a spirit, that's probably where it's at. It's operating somewhere in that area. Because what happens is when the outside comes in there and pollutes that soul. The soul is the actual operator that actually directs what we do. Soul, heart of man, uh, is the idea that what's in us that, that directs what we do with our life. Now, we were originally designed, you have that thing, originally designed in the center with the Spirit, with God in the middle, and the idea that it directed us. It had all through prayer, reverence for God, faith, hope, worship, uh, revelation, uh, and I can't read the other one, probably inspiration or something like that, and fear of God. It, it, it occupied our soul, and we were directed by our soul uh, from God. But at the fall, it went the other way. It came in. And the idea of what you saw, what you heard, and which those things happened to you, affected your soul, and that directed your life. So you have a fight for your soul. Who's going to own your soul? Because who owns your soul makes a difference on the direction you go. It makes a difference whether you serve God or just wish you did. It's, it's, it's the difference between what you set your eyes on. See, if you can think of that soul, and if you're probably to really, truly do that chart, you kind of easier, you might put the uh, almost a spiral chart, as John was telling me. And I think that was a good point. Because the enemy is able to speak to that soul. That's the soul is the one that directs us. And we have to decide which what we allow to. Now, at the, at the uh, cross, things were reversed again. It was put back the way to God's original intention, where we have God live within us. And we have an opportunity at that point to live a life. That's what Paul talked about. He says, you know, who's going to save me from, you know, the sin that I'm in? He says, thanks be to Christ. Why? Because he lives within us. Now, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 6.12, it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness, of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness of in heavenly places. Well, what is a heavenly place? Now, we usually think of heaven as somewhere out there. But I want you to consider heaven being within you. See, the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven, is here and yet to come. It speaks of something that's within us. Because the kingdom of God is within us, 
So that's a heavenly place. So what Ephesians says here, the battle we fight is not against flesh and blood, against principalities. That's the battle that we're dealing with. That's the battle that's within us. We just don't think of that scripture that way. But that's what it says. Ephesians says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we have a battle. When we're in Christ, we have Christ within us. But the enemy is still battling for our soul. When you live from the inside out, what you learn is something... uh, I'm not going to say that. It would be best to... When you live from the inside out, you stop living by the outward regulation, but you live by the inward one. We've been spending a lot of time in Romans, and we've been talking about that concept. The concept that they're no longer under the law. The concept and the truth that says Christ lives within us and the law is within us. It's, it, it takes that shift from the outside to the inside. See, God's intention from the very beginning is to feel loved, valued, and, and beautiful. Unfortunately, when we look from the outside, we're listening to what everybody says about us rather than what God says about us. So this process has to be changed. The process has to change that we have to learn how to live from that inside and be able to understand from that. You know, if you'll look up there, I mentioned to you last week that the first gate to open up where, the, uh, where God would fill your spirit is the first love gate. And as the first love gate opens up and fills your spirit... Then the next thing for that, even though God's within you, is to get God outside you, to come through you, to actually go into what makes the decisions in your life. Even though if you've asked God, each and every one of you has God living within you right now. But we don't all have the ability to live that life that God calls us to do. And that's because certain things are blocking that process of happening in our life. There are certain things that keep us from living that particular life that God intended for us to do. And when we say we have to learn how to hear God, every one of us, and and, uh, Hebrews says, today when you hear my voice, don't harden your heart, it's because when God is dwelling in you, he is always speaking to you. There's never a period of time that he stops speaking to you. But you see, sometimes we learn to listen with our ears and our circumstances around us more than what's within us. And so when we do that, we begin to close off and no longer be able to hear God. Well, how do we get that there? How do we get that so we can live that life out where we don't miss in the way we missed before? How do we get there where we can actually uh, go after God and have a run after God with every single thing in you? Where what's in your life uh, and what's in your mind to do actually comes out to be what actually happens in your life. You know, we are a spiritual being. We're designed to be a spiritual man. We're designed that even if God was not in there, you feel empty. But when he's in there, you don't feel empty anymore. You feel filled with his presence. But that presence in you doesn't always end up in the actions. So what we take a look at here is those particular gates. Look at those gates, and those gates, if you know, are open to go outward. Because that's the way you're designed. 
You're designed to allow the Spirit of God to come fill your soul and cause your actions to be different. And when your soul is filled, then it tells your body what to do. It tells you what to look at, what you see, what you understand, what you hear, what to pay attention to. So what happens is there's a twofold thing that has to happen in our life. One thing that has to happen in our life, we have to, we have to open up those gates in here, and we have to learn to have the body gates listen to the proper things. But that is not done by an external reg- regulation. It's not done by rule. I'm not supposed to look at this, therefore I won't. doesn't work. We have the Old Testament to tell us that, that when we're told not to do something, we're going to do it. We want to do it. As a child, we're that way. We want to do whatever we can't do. So it has to be that soul has to be changed. We have the soul has to be changed to be able to do that. And how do we do that? How do we do it? The, the, the gates that are in our life, we get the idea of a gate that is listed there is from the Bible. We get our understanding from that. It's a place or an entrance. Some gates that I find in the Bible that, that I'm just random ones I looked at was the garden. That was a gate. Okay. A portal like Jacob's ladder was a gate. Uh, the law or the Ten Commandments is a gate. Jesus is the gate. Uh, this, there's city gates, there's temple gates, there's protocol is a gate. Uh, these are things where uh, uh, things are established. These are uh, places uh, of entrance and exit to things. The easiest to look at is, is a city gate or a temple gate. In a city gate, they had the prophetic people would meet there. The leaders would meet there. Every single person of all the major activities would be there. It was a major place of influence. Now, this is something that's all through the scriptures. This is something the enemy knows very, very well. So the first thing he wants to do is he wants to pollute all those gates. So he wants to mess up your prayer life. He wants to mess up your reverence for God, your faith, your hope, and all those things. The number one thing I pray for more than anything else for people is hope. That's a gate that gets usually clogged the hardest, the most, the quickest. That's the gate that, that, that's up. But see, the enemy knows that things of exchange happen at those particular places. If you look at a gate on a city, it's the weakest point, isn't it? If you have a stone wall, and then you have a wood gate, or maybe, or maybe a bronze gate, but it's the weakest part of, of, the, of the protection. And so because of that, what happens in, in a, uh, in the, in, in, Historic times, when they dealt with battles such as that, they would set their guards or centurion guards at the gate. They would really protect that thing. It'd be a place where the prophets would prophesy and everything else. All the major activity of the city happened there. Because what happened at the gate affected what happened in the city. If the gate was not secure, the city was not secure. If the gate was broken the city was in ruin. If your gate of your life is broken, your city will be in ruin. This is why the enemy attacks those particular areas first. That's why he attacks your faith, your prayer life, your hope, your worship. Uh, all these things, he wants to attack it. And what usually happens when things come against us, we say, wow, this is hard and I won't push through. But it's not just a matter of singing a song and worship. It's not just a matter of doing little things. It's a matter of what's going to happen in your life. You see, 
Whoever occupies that gate occupies the city. Whoever has control of that controls the city that's within it. So guess what? The enemy goes for the gates. Everything he does is designed to hit those particular gates and corrupt them. To break them, to take possession of them. We talked about, and we went out and did this initiative out here, the sacred worship thing or whatever they wanted to call it from the Dalai Lama. See, the Dalai Lama understands that concept. And he went out there to take the gate into this city, into this area, and defile it. He wanted to break it. Because when you defile a gate, then God doesn't go there anymore. You saw that in the Garden of Eden. When man was defiled, God removed him from that place. There's no longer God in the center. And he said, an angel with a flaming sword keeping them from entering back there. Same type of thing. One will work. This this is a one-way gate. Either it's for the kingdom or for darkness. If it's defiled and the enemy has control of that gate, he has control of your life. And with all the intentions you have to try to live a life that's pleasing to God and actually pleasing to yourself, you'll fail. Why? Because that gate's defiled. You see, the gate is where dominion is exercised. What kingdom will control that gate in your life? What kingdom will have power over you? That's the thing you have to decide. That's why when God says don't sin, God does, don't hear me wrong, God does not like sin. But what is his main reason? Defiles the gate. You see, let's for example, let's say that eye gate and you're watching things you shouldn't watch. Okay? It's defiled. If anybody's had a problem with that in their life, they'll know that they'll see anything like that around. I mean, somebody else may walk to a city and not see it, but they'll see the bulletin board that way or a magazine left open. Why? Because that gate's been defiled. It's been opened up where it has an eye for that. The soul is directing that. It has an eye for that. It's the thing that looks at. Or, you know, the hearing defiled. They'll hear any bad thing spoken. That's why the bad stuff goes so well in this, in this world. That's why bad news travels so fast. That's why the, our newspapers love that kind of stuff. And that's why gossip calls go crazy. And that's why the paparazzi make so much money when they take pictures. They're looking for something bad. Why? Because that, that gate there has been defiled. They have a, a, a hunger for what's bad. They have a hunger to hear bad things about people. That's the taste that they like. That's what they, what they look for. But that's not God's intention. God's intention is the flow from the inside out. And from the inside, it comes from the stuff of God. It's not getting more God in. It's getting God out. It's getting God to flow through you. And that happens by taking back those gates. Something else about the gates, they're a place of authority. So, what do we look at and how do we deal with these things? Obviously, the thing you've heard and you'll hear every person say is, be wise what you look at here and do everything else. But that has little power. 
That's some. Very little. It's the other. That's why you have the scriptures, walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It's telling you those things, and it's not telling you that, you know, the whole Bible's written in a riddle. I mean, uh, all, all the, uh, uh, the parables and stuff are for people that can hear. A lot of this, all the stuff what I'm talking about is here. You find it in the scriptures all over the place, but we don't really realize it. Christ lives within you, hope of glory, all that stuff. It's how you take it back. You want to change those outward actions of yours. Yeah, you be wise in what you look at here and spend your time in. But what you really will do it is by opening up those gates. Because God dwells within you. And his purpose is to dwell in your soul. But have it end up in your actions. Now many of you because of looking at, not many, but some of you because of looking at uh, wrong things or having bad things happen to you. Have picked up a spirit in there. In that soul. Some clutter in there. You know. Because that's what he wants to do. They open up the door. And that's why when it says, when the scripture says that, uh, that uh, you know, if you kick a, a spirit out and don't clean up the house inside, don't fix the gates, if you may, then they'll, seven, they'll come back with seven ones worse than itself. Why? Gates open. Doors open. So what has to happen is from the inside out, not the outside in. What has to happen is those areas have to be taken back. And the first thing I did, you know, when, when uh, the Israelites were going to take the promised land, which this is the promised land, by the way, what they did is they sent spies. And they sent spies to spy out what was going on, what was the strength there. And it was rather interesting that the, the prostitute that they ended up meeting was, had her place over the city gate. You know, well... She actually, they owned the city gate in a sense, and that's why that city was, was defiled, and that's why God sent judgment on it. Uh, and matter of fact, a lot of times in the scriptures you found prostitutes at the city gates. And if they were there, if that was allowed to operate in the wrong way, the, the place was more defiled. But anyway, she was there. They found out there, they ended up dealing what? The first thing they did was they went and found her and made a deal with her. Right? We're not going to kill you. Remember the story? Yeah, I, I, I'm actually just going on what I remember. Right now, what could do it? Well, she did was they dealt with that gate. And they got ability to enter in and cleanse the thing. So that's what you have to do. You have to, we have to first find out what's going on. Now, see, when you take a look at an exploration, you know, you're asking, first of all, the Holy Spirit to tell you what's going on. The next thing, you're going to take a look at the fruit in your life and what your tongue does. What you say. That'll tell you what's inside. It's not always good. Oh, well. But you can find out that there's certain things there. What do you actually have a problem in your life? That's probably the thing that's on one of those gates in there that are messing you up. So what has to happen is you have to go back and take what belongs to you. You know, that's what the scriptures say. So we've been given all power and authority. Remember that part? Uh, let's see if I can find the other one. Uh, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Uh, the law is written on our heart. He dwells within us. Uh, uh, the fullness of Christ dwells within us. Uh, there's all kinds of scriptures on it. So what we have to do is we have to go take back that gate. We have to go take back that gate where we actually own that gate. And we can, because it's going to either serve God or the enemy. Always, that's the way it is in the kingdom. 
One or two choices, no third choice. God of the enemy, no both-way swinging door. It's going to be one or the other. So we have to go back and take those things. And uh, uh, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice to go ahead and do that. Uh, it's a choice to go in there and, 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 and get those areas. It's a choice to go in there and, and take that back. But it's a choice that's been powered by God. So you have the right to that. Even though we may not, all, may not always exercise that right, you have been given the authority and the right for those things. Uh, but you've been given the right and authority in that area. We just don't realize that and we don't exercise that. Because we don't exercise that, we fail in what we hope to do. We want to live a life that exemplifies Christ. We want to live a life that, that has the joy of God flowing through us. Now, do you think God's good? Remember this. That's one thing. Don't ever say he's not. I mean, that is, that is if anything, know anything about God, he does not like to be called not good. He's a good God. Look in Genesis, everything was good. It was good. Made this was good. Made that was good. Everything was good, 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 because he likes to be called good. He's a good and generous God. So he's a good God. He wants to bless. He wants to take possession of your life. And so you've got him on your side. You have him on your side of everything. You know, uh, you know, so those particular areas, you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse those particular areas in your life. And then you're going to ask God to take, uh, just like they did, uh, uh, yes, just like they did when they left Egypt. They put blood on the doorpost. And so you're going to ask the blood of Christ to cover those, those doorposts. And it's not going to be a one-time action. This is, I want to change the way you think and the way you pray. I don't want you to sit there and go, God, give me more of you. you got all the God you can ever need. It says the fullness of Christ dwells within you. He means that. He lives within you. You don't need more of him in you. He just needs to flow out of you. And you need to get, take back those areas. And when you take them back, then you need to put a stationary century and guard on it, which would be the Holy Spirit, that is yours forever. You need to open every single one of those up there. Now, the first one is prayer. Change the way you pray. Do a lot more listening. Ask God to sanctify that gate. Pick that gate. And ask Him to sanctify it, everything that would be about Him. Not that you can't pray for friends and yourself and your family. You'd be crazy if you didn't. Okay? But I want that, I want you to take those gates back. That the presence of God that dwells within you would flow through your soul and manifest in your body, in your actions, in your mouth, in what you look at, what you say, what you do, how you talk to your friends, all that stuff. We all fail in that. And that's why we went through, before we went into this, we went through Romans, a big part of Romans. There's no condemnation. None of that counts anymore. What counts is gaining back what God has already paid the price for you to have. I may pull next week and go back to spiritual warfare things. Because I can take all that spiritual warfare and let you see that it's talking about that. It's not talking about the things that we all thought it's talking about. It's talking about taking back those particular areas of our life that we would have uh, uh, that we would have dominion over those things. And as as we take it back, we'll find that it's a lot easier to have our mouth and our eyes and everything taken care of. Yeah, we're going to avoid. Just, yeah, I don't want to do that. We'll things in our life, but that's not going to win. What's going to win? 
as those things are sanctified and those things are changed. As God brings purity in those particular gates. Because in battle, we sanctify it. When you sanctify those gates, when you bring sanctification to those gates, it becomes pure. It immediately opens up to heaven, to God. It immediately shuts off the enemy. How many of you played spiritual battle with things, and every time you find out when you bring the presence of God in the room, the enemy flees? That's how you do it, isn't it? You turn on the light and cast out the darkness. You don't do it the other way around. Well, that's the same thing. You're going to bring God in those particular gates, and what's going to happen is the enemy will flee. And as long as God is stationed in those particular areas, as long as you are giving your prayer life, your faith, your hope over to God, they're going to sanctify that. Well, what about hope? What do you hope in? See, we always hope in what's going to come. Well, what financial thing will be coming or what other blessings going to come our way. We, we still get that thing from the outside, but no. The hope has to be in Christ. What does that mean? That we're in love with him. Our hope is in him. It's sanctified. And then it flows. Does God want to bless you? You bet he does. Everything in God wants to bless you. Let's take a look at that same thing here with that body. What happens if God blesses you and this other stuff on the inside is not right? What happens in your life? You become consumed with the things of the world. Consumed. You will be consumed with the things of the world if you don't have those gates purified. And if you don't have God's presence occupying your soul, that means there may be spirits in that thing and they have to be kicked out. Totally kicked out. And God has to occupy your soul all the way. You know, a lot of ways to get a spirit. Some is by what you do. Some is by what's been done to you. Some is by just a crack of fear that happened in your life. And, and th- that happens. Whatever the case, it does not matter how it got there. It does not matter. It doesn't matter how you got in the situation you're in today, whether spiritually or financially or anything else. It doesn't matter how you got there. It's getting out of there. It's what counts. And getting out of there comes the simple thing of this. You've got to have to take back those things. If you have a pencil, you should be writing down that thing. Prayer, reverence, faith, hope, worship, revelation. Uh, what's that one? I can't even read it. Intuition? Yeah, intuition and fear of God. Or imagination, is it? Intuition or intuition, imagination is the next one. And write those things down. Maybe with the help of Sydney over there, we might have a chart for it next week. You know, don't do it. I, I can't reproduce that chart. But say I stole this from a friend of mine named Ian Clayton. Matter of fact, part of this teaching is from him. Uh, I, it's a really, his stuff is, and I hope to have him back out here again. But uh, he says you can buy his booklet, which teaches on this. Uh, not the exact same stuff I'm teaching, but on a side issue of this. Uh, from him, if, if you're interested, let me know. I think it's $10 plus $3 for shipping because it's coming from a ways away. Sons of Thunder? Sons of Thunder? Yeah, Sons of Thunder or Son of Thunder. Uh, but you, it's kind of a, done by a friend of his website, and it's not real good. And, and he sends you to another site to get whatever you buy from him. But I think I have to get the stuff directly from him. If you see me about it and you really want that, I can, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give you the information to write him and get it from him. But it's very, very good. But this is one of those things, is, it's a practical map, if you would. It's a mapping to how to walk out the Christian walk. 
it puts a lot of the things of the scriptures together in this little simple map here that you can understand what becomes in spiritual theology to become practicality in your life. I don't care how much you know about God. It does not matter. If he does not dwell and rule in you, you've missed. It's about him ruling in you. This will help you. But it won't looking at it today and thinking that's good and praying two seconds. You know, when they took the promised land, they took it bit by bit, step by step. And it took some time. Do you think God could have made it happen? Right then? He did, you know, he did uh, uh, Jericho. And he's done many other places. In one day it was taken care of. It didn't. It was a process. That process is a, uh, is a witness to you of what he wants to do with you. He wants people that are willing to fight for his kingdom. This, taking these gates back, when you take these gates back, and that takes place, what you'll be able to do spiritually in battle against the enemy, you'll have no conception. I've played with this for a while, and I've noticed a difference in how I can deal with the demonic realm, the spirit realm, just boom. Because what's in there, if you can open up those gates, pow, goes out. And the enemy doesn't like it. It's like flipping on a light bulb. But when the gates close, you flip on the light bulb and put it inside a box that doesn't show any light and doesn't do anything. But once that covering's off, when that's open, it's light at the, uh, uh, it's light, light at the top of the hill. No one puts it under a bushel. Puts it on top of the hill where all the seats, same thing. So this, this, this is where we have to go. Those that are at this church are called for battle. Those that are here at this church are called to live their life fully for God. If they don't, they'll find another place to go. I guarantee it. You know, and, and bless you. I want the people that want to live the same for God with everything in them. I want the people that have a heart to become everything God called them to be. That we could be expression. This city, this area has been oppressed for long enough. And it's time we take it back. And we're going to take it back. We are a gate church. We are the gate church for this area. As small as we are, that's what we are. We've had too many prophetic people come and tell us that. And we're going to take this land back. But to do it, we have to grow up and get strong and become it. So I'm going to offer some time. Uh, uh, can the worship band come up here for a minute? And Or Josh on his piano. That might just do it. Uh, and I, I want to give you guys the opportunity to do business with God while you're looking at this chart. Pick a gate. Just pick one of those center gates. Uh, uh, if the first love needs to come back, then you ask God for the first love. And, and, and go after him. I, don't, I won't let go of you until you bless me. Just like, just like Jacob said, I won't let go of you until you bless me. And fight for that in your life. Maybe it might be to take the thing of hope. Fight for it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what's blocking that. Ask the Holy Spirit to sanctify it. Repent for anything that is in the way, how you've chose to believe other things, or whatever the Holy Spirit witnessed to you. And take one gate back today. And keep on taking it back every day. And add a gate, you know, uh, as, as God shows you time-wise, till you are filled with the being of Christ. Till you become 
everything that God called you to be. Tell you are a reflection of Christ. When Paul says, you look at me, you see him. You know? That's what we need to say. So, Father, bring this word to our hearts that our soul would be sanctified in you, that your presence would fill our soul. We, we recognize and we believe that you're within us. It's not getting you there. You're not a stingy God. You're not a God that didn't give us what it takes. It says all the things we need for a life of godliness has been given to us because you're in us. Now, Holy Spirit, open those gates up there. Your, your presence would flow into the decision-making soul of ours that would manifest itself in our life and what we do and how we act and what our hunger is for. So, Holy Spirit, I ask as people take this time to, to ask you to sanctify it, that you have mercy on us and sanctify us and bring us to the place quickly. We love you, Lord. We honor you. Amen.